0: Hey y'all, welcome to the Exennial's podcast, two 80s babies coming together to discuss all things Exennial, from the nostalgia of growing up in the 90s to navigating our way through our 40s. Join us, your hosts, Jay and Tendai, as we delve into a series of candid conversations.
1: long minute how long has it been, been about, i guess you could say a good 18 months I, so over a year over a year our last podcast was the first with with reason yeah. with
0: valid excuses guys there's uh, not excuses
1: it's life life has been life life has been life, as we
0: say now um so how have you been busy That's would so you like fun. to just share with everybody officially We've been—if you've been following us on Instagram or if you know us personally—then you kind of be aware of some of the things that have been occurring. And one such thing is da 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 da.
1: I am now Mrs. Garraway guys. I done got me a ring, two rings, and yeah, I we got married. I married my lovely fiance on the eleventh of August of this year. Had a beautiful um colourful wedding.
0: Congratulations Thank officially you. from the ex Daniels side of things, yeah. you know. Thank you. Um, if you again, if you've been listening to our episodes, you'd you'd have heard Jay mention oh
1: my fiance, my fiance. <laughs> Everything fiance. <laughs> now,
0: now guys it's gonna be my husband. Yeah, my husband. Everything's
1: my husband. But yeah, no, guys, um, to be honest we're going to be straight with you we haven't got a lot of time for this episode but there's going to be a lot coming so stay tuned stay on us um keep keep your questions and posts and so on whatever you want to send us on that instagram please do so but um tinder is also been very busy yeah so i haven't had it uh, unfortunately
0: as much as i wanted to be at jay's wedding i couldn't be because i was in St. Vincent, my homeland. Um, I'm doing some,
1: God, some she's, a film, she's a film star. I'm really <laughs> she's not. She's an editor. Star. She's she's a writer. I'm she's really a not an editor
0: either. But, you know, I had an opportunity to um, shoot a short film that I wrote um, as part of my winnings for the High Runner film lab um screenwriter. okay can we just go
1: back and say that with a little bit more pizzazz you won what sorry how <laughs> did you win tell us what you won i don't like to brag well no, we're gonna brag because this we need to just no. get the flowers so i'm gonna say because i wrote it down guys and you guys know i'm not very good with these things so herona <laughs> film festival tindai won to have her film produced there you go I went and found it out, so I know what you want. <laughs> I just wanted to see if she was going to tell me. Okay, so she went home and filmed in Saint Vincent. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, how was that? Um, amazing. Amazing. Obviously,
0: um, for anybody who has produced a film, Kudos to you because <laughs>
1: everything's just gonna be claps and flowers today, guys. Claps um,
0: and flowers. If you you know if you've worked within the film industry, you mm-hmm. realize just how grueling film producing is um, or shooting is, and this is just like a very very small introduction to it, and um, you know St. is. Very young in its um, exploration of film and coming from, you know, Vincentian voices. So there, there are so many different challenges that, um, that we encounter, that people within the industry insert and encounter. But overall, I would say that it was a rewarding experience
1: well done well done but for me as your friend and obviously fellow um podcast host i will say that Tindai literally said this within our i think first or second season we talked about our dreams and our aspirations and Tinda said you know she'd like to write more she'd like to do a production she'd like to write a screenplay or a short film and you've done it so for me achieving it is one thing but for having to say it like you know people talk about manifestations and speaking things into existence mm. i feel a bit strange about that and you know my views on that however to actually i feel like well i know that the dream was almost as bigger than you and they say that dream so your dreams you know kind of scare Persever, you, and you've actually yeah, done yeah. that so that's an amazing thing to me and i think it's aspirational to other um black females young and old to know that you can actually achieve the goals that you set for yourself and sometimes i almost feel like you set that subconsciously because what i remember when it was the competition and you said jay and i was like enter enter, enter. he's like i'm not <laughs> sure i'm not sure but he's like the deadline's coming and i was like you better do it you better <laughs> do it so i think that one i think is definitely coming back to us as a community that's my job for you and for anyone else that's around me i will be people are saying jay you know how come i'm always, always so supportive how else am i supposed to be mm-hmm. you know what i mean i want to see people win i want to see people living out their dreams and i don't believe that we were put here to be miserable and to be unhappy so if there's something that you want to do and you get the opportunity to do it you can't be scared and i think you've actually shown that okay you were a little bit anxious you did feel a bit like do i even belong here because i know you like that (laughs) but you you step you walked into it you know you stepped out in faith and you did it and in all of that i wanted to ask you about um sorry i'm losing my thoughts here um after that you also—it was the writing residency a part of that, or it was some warriors? Was it something different? Because I know you had a writing residency as well. Mm-hmm. So I think what did I research? Bridgeport Prize is that Bridgeport what it's called? Prize, yeah. yeah. So um, tindai's is also want something here because she just stays winning so i just wanted her to share with two two is more than me (laughs) you know some people never win anything they don't win a prize at school they don't win a race they don't win some people but they win in whatever way no but i'm saying you are competing with other people that want to do the same thing as you some people will be like you know like if it's a job or you know just in life sometimes i will shy away i know that sometimes if it gets competitive in the past i've been like no i'll put myself out of it to feel like i'm not as good yeah. as I, I can't compete and i've yeah. done that a lot whereas i feel like you've come well i've seen you coming to your own way by like, listen i'm just as good as whoever else is doing it and i think it's a fantastic mindset so mm-hmm. even now i'm asking you like oh i really want to but it's good and you yeah. should be you know we should celebrate it
0: I agree like okay so to answer your question um that was completely separate so (coughs) Bridgeport Prize is a it's like a an organization that puts out a a competition for writers internationally and they're based in Bridgeport and it's primarily aimed at like supporting the Bridport Arts Centre in Bridport Um, and so they they had like a black writers residency that you could apply for and um, I'm in a writers group so within that group it was shared and I thought I'd enter that because it it was for black writers specifically in Birmingham and I thought
1: that's me that's me okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or uh, that's who i'd like to be so let me ap- apply and um i was one of two um selected can we just that? Another.
1: another. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see her but, here, okay. guys? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no I, I really don't like that attention like that if you know me i'm not mm-hmm. really into that kind of thing but going back to what you said about this idea of just going for something. I think a lot of the times we have, um, a lot of people suffer from like an inferiority complex or imposter syndrome. syndrome, where we feel like we don't belong or we don't deserve something for whatever reason. I think sometimes, you know, because people come from the Caribbean, like if you come from a smaller island, you, you, you're raised or you have that perception that because you're small, you know you're not as good as a lot of people are raised uh, you know as black people we we have this idea that maybe it's not as what i have it's not as good as mm. you know but i think it's a, it's a time where we're in, it's about embracing what you do have and understanding that what you have is worthy and you do belong wherever you feel that is mm. right um, and it's just acknowledging that it's not being arrogant or boastful or anything, but it's just knowing that you do have a seat at the table and coming to that that space where you recognize, okay, I'm just gonna give it a try. And when if you really do want to do something, I say this now because I'm, even though I've done these things, there are other things that I want, I aspire to, and I need to get done. <laughs> um, as simple as it is, it's just doing it, you know. Yeah, literally that job that you want, that anything. Mm. It's just thinking about what it is you want to, um, what it is you want to achieve, and just actually mm. going for it. Because if you one you procrastinate, two you doubt yourself, or you just you figure ah that's not for me, mm. then that opportunity will pass you and. It's like you don't have anything to lose, really. Yeah. and uh, I'm
1: saying that.
0: Should I say? What
1: we saying.
0: You just went for something too. Didn't
1: oh, you, <laughs> you went too. <through. laughs>
0: and I say this because, like Jay and I, w- had conversations about you know going for certain jobs it, within education. It's for us. It would be leadership positions, and sometimes there's this feeling that, you know, you can't do it or you're not capable of it. As a woman, as a black woman, you know, there's so many different challenges that you come across. But listen, a lot of people don't necessarily have the same experience or have little or no experience and they have the, I don't to say audacity, but they have the confidence and the boldness to apply for it. it, so why shouldn't we? And having said that, Jay, um... Recently went up for a new role in leadership. I did, and she was successful. So again, it's another flower a rose. Thank for you, you, honey.
1: Thank you. There,
0: because it again, it just reinforces what I've just said. If you want to go for something, yeah. there's no reason why you shouldn't. And if you don't get it, like it's a learning experience. But similarly, you might surprise yourself. And
1: but I've not got it a lot so that's how I know (laughs) I know both sides you know right 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 yeah yeah. so I've applied for um in my first school where Tinder and I met I applied for I applied for senior teacher I applied for assistant head teacher no I don't think I applied for assistant head yeah because I needed to Mm -hmm. be a senior teacher first but I applied for different leadership roles and I did get like a project role but it wasn't really what I wanted but I found that there was always a reason why it wasn't my time and it wasn't my space and it was quite hard for me to understand because I knew that I was a, a lot more experienced and I had a lot more to offer than other people and that's not me being oh I'm better than people but sometimes you'd have to just say when you have that experience more than someone else and that's not a knock at them that's just I've been doing it longer I'm more versed I'm more experienced I have other life skills that you have not had the opportunity to have for whatever my path of life is on that you haven't had the opportunity to have or just haven't had to go down that road um but this particular job and i had to compete against some of my peers and initially i wasn't going to like my friends were like okay there was four four roles and when i spoke to the people that had known me and worked with me everyone was like okay, go for this one go for this one go for this one in my workplace um i have some friends and we decided we all discussed what we would go for and i put myself out of one of the roles for somebody else and then after I speaking that. yeah after speaking to my mom and other um you know confidence and confidence is that the word confidence confidence and yeah. godsend <laughs> and you know people that just are in my corner and then I thought to myself, well, why am I going to stop myself from an opportunity? No one's not stopping an opportunity for me. And then there was a situation where you could apply. I thought you could only apply for two, but actually you could put your hat in for whichever one you wanted. Multiple one, two, whatever. So in the in the end, I actually applied for three. And um, the situation was I did change my mind on something. So I did have to phone one of my friends and say, you know, I'm quite straightforward. So I was like, oh, are you annoyed with me? Are you peed up with me? And we had that conversation. And in the end, the, the 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 day of the interview, after we were all speaking, and I actually said they're gonna split the roles because the roles are too big for one person. And the people that were applying, I'm being very um delicate here, obviously, guys, because it's people I work with, and I'm, I want to be professional.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we are all middle leadership anyway. So it would be very hard for us, for one of us, to when I really think about it, to take on those big roles. So what I'm saying is, I applied, we all applied, and everybody came out with something. And it worked out better because we're now sharing responsibility, working together as a team, mm. and most of us are black females. So we're doing that thing where everyone of us says that we can't do. We can work together. We don't have to be put against so and yes it was a competition for the for the roles i don't doubt that however it's how you deal with that um i've learned you don't put yourself out for someone else especially if they're supposed to be your friend if there's an opportunity and everybody goes for it may the best female win you know Mm -hmm. and don't we can't i would still congratulate whoever came out with Mm -hmm. the with the win fortunately i've been blessed and i am one of the winners winners in this case also but there's been times when i haven't been and i've mm-hmm. had to, i've still had the same attitude of congratulating whoever's been successful mm-hmm. and i think those are the lessons that i've learned you put your bid in um you know win lose or draw you are congratulative, and you give the flowers to who deserves them at that time but mm-hmm. also be ready to receive your flowers and i think that's something that both of us have to learn like yeah. when we're winning and people are saying oh congratulations Doe, congratulations jay we shy away from it but if you put the work in, you don't have to be boastful and have a you know attitude about it, but it's okay to say, you know what, thank you for support, thank yeah. you for clapping for me, thank you for my flowers, because it's okay to receive them. And if we don't learn to receive them, the younger young black girls coming up behind us, they're going to be shying away from receiving their flowers too. We don't want that. We want a society of young black females that are willing to put their bids in for whatever they want to do right. and can accept the flowers when they come. Because if you're doing good things and you're watering your garden... And you're looking after your community flowers will come mm-hmm. so we have to be accepting that's of the sure. flowers and not just the hard times and the trauma i think sometimes we're too used to the hard times and the trauma and that's what we're waiting for subconsciously but sometimes it's just good news and that's fine
0: that's absolutely fine mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that but co- just going back to you know the the doubts that you may have had the fact that you decided at one point that you would you take a step back um, to give somebody else an opportunity, you know, and then suppose he had done that, you would have missed out on I would have, you know, and that's, that's how I think life is like, yes, there are challenges. We all know this, like, yes, there are difficulties and everything that we do, but I just, I really think now, like, if there's something that you need to do or you feel inclined to do, life is too short you know, Definitely. just go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Get the tools that you need to YouTube, yo.
1: Is your friend. <laughs>
0: YouTube, whatever you need, whether it's doing a CV, whether it's how to plan for an interview, you know, speak to people. Um, there's, Um, We're living in an age where there's so much information and I really think, uh, you know, as people living in this world, we need to um, just take advantage of what's out there and use it for our own benefit I also wanted to talk about age because a lot of people um, well let me not say a lot of people me, me, <laughs> me <laughs> By a lot of people I'm talking about myself but like because um, it's like Xaniel's podcast right so yeah. we're in our 40s we're in our 40s yes people and um, a lot of people have why am I saying a lot of people again
1: it's me, it's, it's just me figure <laughs> a speech guys, figure a speech <laughs>
0: But, like, I I always had a vision of what life should be like in your 20s, your 30s, and your 40s. And for me, I was thinking that some of these things, like, actually getting more involved into my artistic side and um, investing more into writing and so on, was something that was too late to do like is it am i too late in my Mm. age to 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 do that so that was a hold back for me um because just think what's the point but actually there's no time limit on any of those things as long as you have uh, what i've learned my life lesson one of Mm. the life lessons is as long as you have The inkling, the desire to do it, then it's yours to do. If you have the ability, the mental capacity, physical capacity, you can go ahead and do that. Which reminds me of The
1: Woman King. Oh, yes, people, The Woman King. (laughs) I just
0: thought about Viola Davis and.
1: She's in her 50s, you know? The
0: fantastic work that she's doing in terms of her physical um upkeep um the roles that she keeps um taking or bringing to the screen she's in her 50s and she's killing it
1: yes okay guys i just need to say this this is a spoiler alert if you haven't seen the film yet don't know why i don't know what you're waiting for please do not stream it on the v sites not that i know anything about that <clears throat> But you need to take up your money. <laughs> you need to take up your money. What site is that? And go, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. You need to take up your money and go to the pictures and watch it and support the team. The pictures? The
0: movies. I haven't heard that <laughs> in such a long I've time. The
1: Who, if you call it the pictures, guys, yeah, so let just, us know. Is know that an exennial thing? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's what, I call, that's what I used to call it. But um, yeah, the movies to watch it. So I did my little mind map as I do those of you that have been listening for some time. So I put li- look at it. It's literally, I had to put a Yeah, building. it's a mind map. <laughs> so I put, um, okay, so we've got a leader. You've got a strong warrior. Juxtap- juxtaposing where she didn't feel like she could cry or, you know, be the giver of life as she was. She did have a daughter and she gave her daughter away because of the shame and her position that she was supposed to hold um it was very historical and not so much fantasy as shown in the black panther so i can never say the word but this women woman army i wrote it down so that i'd be able to say it and i don't Dormen know it. um adoji yeah Ado- adoji. yeah adoji the adoji army the protectors of the king um they were actually real so my husband actually has um direct african friends and i think Ghanaian friends and Nigerian friends if you're African listening to this or of Nigerian descent or Zulu tribe or any of those places that are around where you know are part of this history I need to learn more But I understand that these women were not actually seen as positive on both sides Yeah, but what I understand is from um, culturally Obviously, you get told the stories from your elders in your village or your hometown, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, you've got one side where you have the Adoji and their descendants telling these amazing stories of what they did for their community and their kingdom. But then we see in the beginning of the film, they actually go and attack another village to collect their... people that had been taken from them, women, but they also captured the other women of that village. Right. So I can see how you're gonna get both sides if you were captured by them, if you were sold into enslavement by mm-hmm. them. So the men they used to sell and the women they would keep and they could be in the army or they could be set free. So it's very, very layered. Um, some of my key takeaways were, and as i have always, I'm beginning to come into my own with this. We can be both. As black females, we are so much, we are strong. We can be independent if we if we want to. We can be bulky and muscling and still be able to arch our back in beautiful, graceful dance. We can be, you know, the soft, tender, loving mother. But if you mess with our child, you're gonna see a warrior lion that's gonna try and bite your head off. So we have all these different layers. And the film was just showing me we're okay to be all of these things, which I was learning anyway, but that kind of depicted that for me. So that was my takeaway. Mm. And also um another thing this is actually quite funny the girl that plays her daughter that's supposed to be like 15, 16 in the film is actually like 35 in real life yeah I need to get she's, she's, I know I can't remember I know she's it's from it's the Zulu tribe I was watching some of their she's interviews South Africa yeah, yeah she's South African she was saying that she's from the Zulu, Zulu tribe she actually she's in the Harriet it's not
0: Harriet um the 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 underground railway oh okay Have you watch I haven't watched it's it it's on Amazon she's um um, she, I was I paused there because I said Amazon and I, didn't, I don't want to give free advertising. <laughs> they don't pay us guys. We're not sponsored. But yeah, she's she's a phenomenal actress. Um, and yeah, so true what you said about just the different layers. That's one of the narratives that was quite strong within yeah. the film. And it reminds me of a previous episode where we talked about you know black women not being held to this standard that yeah. we're, you know, we're a strong black woman, we don't need nobody. Actually, we do. Um, yeah. We do. <laughs> yeah. We do. We do. um So that's one of the definite takeaways that I had as well. For me, I looked at, and this is one of the things, I guess, that I'm going to be doing from here on, is like looking at it from the lens of, the a, a director producer. or a producer or um yeah so just looking at the different angles and looking at the, the cinematography the the um the the way that they use the visuals to tell the story I thought was really powerful beautiful scenes um the acting was really of a strong standard um just the the way that they told the story the the the, the music the choreography the fact that, and and then you think as well of okay so we're sitting down how long is the film like three so hours like
1: two hours and 40 minutes i think
0: yeah so nearly three hours can you the amount of work that those active actresses i will to say actors had to do and the number of takes they would have had to, they would have to have been in order to get that perfect take. Like, that's hours that, and that. hours yeah. and hours. And I my, my thing would have just been like, I mean, obviously I'm not going to compare what I did to that, right? But, you know. Yeah, but for, you can set
1: yourself a bar. You're like, okay. Oh,
0: yeah. Because, uh, you know, mine is ultimately just going to be about, what, 12 to 15 minutes. And, how many and we, we did so many hours, but me, I was shot in one week. Yeah. But you could just imagine how multiply that plus all of the 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 um the action scenes, the mm. sequences, and then the contrast between the heavy action and then those like very intimate moments. Um, and then the skin, the the tone, the the the, the pigmentation, the lighting. Those things were mm. really really.
1: Well, When I was looking at, I, um, I'm a fan of um, Issa Rae, and i watched, um, I don't know if anyone was watching Insecure, but I absolutely, I'm absolutely. i going to watch it all again, guys. Absolutely. I, I love, love Insecure. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm gonna, and I love the way at the end it was like, we're not in- Insecure Have anymore. you watched <laughs> Awkward Black Girl on
0: YouTube? You I haven't watched you? all of them,
1: but I used to watch it, so I'm going to go back and watch yeah. all of
0: those. <laughs> That's things. what put me on to Issa. Exactly. I, so, like, I like this girl. She
1: said, one of the things that I took away... Because I've never really been, I'm more into it now as I've got older. And the first time I wore a full face of makeup for like professional photography, really, um, wasn't until I was about, mm, let's say 26, 27. And mm-hmm. I went to a proper photographer with a, you know, photo shoot thing with my mom. And we got our makeup done, you know, you get dressed in your three outfits and you take your pictures and stuff like yeah. that. And I had my makeup done, and at the time I was like, oh, this is okay, da 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 But when I look back at it, the, the pictures are nice, but then as I've got older and learnt about my skin more and learnt about how the light hits our skin, how it reflects off our skin, how light can be absorbed by us and so on and so forth. If you do not have, and this is something that we all know within the, in, even if you're not in the industry, we know this, if your makeup's not done right, if our skin isn't creamed properly, if our hair isn't done with the proper products and so on and so forth, it's just not going to look the way it needs to look. Um, and when I was watching, um, I watched the oh my gosh, Breakfast. I never Breakfast Club. Breakfast um, with Charlemagne. With, yeah, with Charlemagne and um, Angela Viola. The director. I did write her name down, but um, oh, I can't
0: remember her name. But she did um, Love and Basketball. Which yes. is one of my all time favourites Where is it? Where is it?
1: Where is it? That's gonna bother me. Gina Price Bythewood. Yes. Yeah. She was the director of the film, and then the young lady. I need to learn her name. That played um, the daughter, the new recruit, basically one of the new recruits to the um, army, to the female army. Viola was saying that for this film, they had to fight for everything, so they needed to fight for, um, you know, makeup artists that knew black skin and every type of black skin from the, you know, darkest beautiful melanin, you know, mahogany to the, you know, lightest. Mm-hmm. you know like this shade of um and Bedou Tussauds and I'm going to have to learn that guys but yeah that is the beautiful actress so and they had all these different skit tall beautiful you know almost goddess type females really like six foot odd and five foot amazonian amazonian that's the word and then you know the um five foot to the four foot you had every size shape of women and even when they were talking they said they got women from all over from the caribbean from different parts of africa south africa west africa east africa the caribbean um all over to be in this film and you can when you watch it you can see all the different shapes and sizes Mm -hmm. of the black females and it to me I just feel like well it was a sense of belonging that you know we all have our place. I think even my daughter is um darker than me and sometimes we have those conversations about the colorism and how she feels um you know and what's going on with her and um I think sometimes she thinks well she sees it as I'm not relating to her issues because she's darker than me and even though the issues may not be the same because obviously if there's an issue of colorism and I am of a lighter hue than her there's nothing I can do about it but I do need to empathise with her and I do need to have that conversation but that movie showing all as black women together no matter your shade no matter how tall you are, how short you are, how bulky you were what type of hair you got be loose curls or tight curls they were all together fighting as one and I think we need to take from that Um, and yet the thing is it's so interesting because within the film there's also an element of competition you had um the warrior king he was Muscular and her abs were perfectly toned, and she had like a Mohican hairstyle, played by of course Viola. Then you had the wives; mm-hmm. he basically just looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. This elaborate makeup and, and the everything. braids and the go. Jo- and yeah. some of the hairstyles, I was like, "Wow!" Like they went in and the outfits. of the outfits, I was like babe, I need to, I need to see where this who was this who was the stylist because yeah. the outfits are fire. But and then you see in the competition be- be- between the more feminine women. Particularly one lady, I think, I think her name was Aisha. In there, you know, the one that wanted to be crowned the woman king. Yes, yeah, yeah. She didn't get it. She thought she was gonna get it because um, the woman king went off and went to go and collect her daughter. So yeah. she used that. Warriorship and that leadership to say no king i'm not going to do this i'm going to do this because she needed to go for her daughter because it would have undone the bonding and the attachment they had come and then ultimately it worked yeah. in her favor yeah so the love and the attachment she had for her daughter that she had to give up originally to be all hard and you know not masculine but just have that fighting spirit and that warrior spirit to be who she was in the army for the king and her people she realized her people's ultimately also her daughter and you cannot just you already abandoned her once mm. so are you gonna do this again and that was a big decision for her because ultimately she was about her king and her country mm. and then but when she got crowned and then you' seen the softer side of her at the end when the daughter came and asked her to join in the festivities okay which I was there jigging at myself if you know <laughs> me <laughs> in the theater also so I think that Just everything about it, guys. If you haven't watched it, you do need to watch it. I'm not apologizing for the spoiler alerts because we needed to discuss it. Well, we we did say we are black. We are black women, so we needed to discuss that film.
0: What I wanted to mention as well is, please go and see it before you make a judgment, because I know that there were several movements to boycott the Woman King, even now still. the case? Because they're saying that it's not. Um, historically accurate, and um, they. A lot of what these the what what do we call them the adoge. Yeah. Um and the. The kingdom. The kingdom. What's the name of the kingdom? Gosh, it's really bad. Dahomey. Right, the kingdom of Dahomey, were from were um supporters of the the slave trade and so on, which which is it, yeah which is is clearly depicted in the film mm-hmm. um and yes obviously everything is inspired by historical events but everything is not uh the you, you know you're still having to package it in a way that would be appealing would have almost like hollywood appeal so you're mm-hmm. going to have to have your love story you're going to have to have different elements that people can connect with which are going to be fictional Mm -hmm. so you still have to it even though it is based loosely on historical fact Mm -hmm. it still is a film Mm -hmm. that you you know that obviously somebody has constructed so a lot of people are being I think I think it's an unfair judgment because there's so many other films out there that, that are also current. based exactly. based on historical events, but those historical events are not accurate in any way. But there is no questioning. The minute it's an all black, um, I don't want to make it a race thing, but it's it does come off in that way um, because we we don't treat it in the same lens mm. as we supposedly treat Braveheart. Do you know what I mean? So those are the that's the the, the issue that i was having with a lot of the people making commentary some people didn't even watch it um, yeah, but i was think thinking before you can ridiculous. make these comments you know you need to actually watch the film and see what it's saying first and also value it as a film like come mm-hmm. on why can't we just enjoy it
1: yeah but i think before. it's ridiculous because what we we i feel like well, wow we overjudge each other and we over criticize each other they're not saying this is historical fact. They have not marketed no. the film as a documentary. So why would you even take that road? They're not saying it's a documentary. It's an, a, a blow-by-blow reenactment of what happened on this date or that date. The film doesn't even suggest that. We just know that there... I'm going to go back to my notes because, so you know, okay. I have a, a doje and um the homie kingdom was a real place, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you want to then go into the history of that, if nothing else the film opens up that lens for you to be like okay i'm gonna start from here i'm gonna look at this i'm gonna look at that i'm gonna look at who was actually and this guy i think you know? was
0: a real um character a, a character yeah. person but obviously she wouldn't have had the same personality traits as what we see portrayed in film um it's just inspirational so. yeah
1: but i just think that that makes I, To be fair, I wasn't aware of that, didn't I? Mm. And I'm glad I wasn't aware of it because I think it just puts a, a bad taint on it. Okay, so I'm um a Christian woman. Some aspects of their worship and the idolatry and stuff in that film, I completely disagree with it. It doesn't mean I can't pull out the positivity from it that I've spoken about. Mm-hmm. So how many films... P- some Christians don't watch films at all because they'll just be like, okay, it's of the world, it's secular, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. I have been raised to be able to pull out, you know, that which is good from something, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? And not just um, cast something off, because if I didn't do that, even in life itself, I wouldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you go out on the street, You there's always something untoward or something that's not nice or someone being mean or, you know, there's negativity everywhere. However, I, could, I have been able to watch that movie and pull out something positive. And I think if you're going to just watch it, or if you're not going to watch it, how can you then speak on it? It's a bit like a lot... You can't speak on a film that you haven't watched, so y- your argument's dead in the water for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean,
0: if you think about the... Oh, gosh, we could go on and talk about, like, um, The Mermaid and oh the gosh. fact that it's now... It's Halle... Mm. What's her name? Hallie Bailey. Mm-hmm. That's um, going to play Ariel. I mean we're talking fictional um, mythical beings and there learn. and if you want to go down that route hello, the Caribbean the, the crab is <laughs> they, um, has an accent <laughs> they, they, um, there's so much um, mermaid mythology in Caribbean and African cultures so <sighs> did.
1: I just think that people are just getting slightly ahead of themselves it is a film for me, it was a very good film. It was empowering as a black female, and I've taken away quite a lot from it as I've shared, um, as a mother, as a woman, as someone that classed myself as. Sometimes you just have to go out and be a warrior. That's it. So if you take nothing else from it, then that can just be your bag. But to just say, you know, it's not historically correct and so on and so forth. There's a lot of films that are not historical correct, historically correct. So you know, I don't watch nothing then. Close up your eye because you just, you such, stu- you just everything. such stupid yeah you get me but
0: guys we have to go yes well it's been great it and has. um i think we shall definitely we'll be back make sure we are back on time i think <laughs> we'll let you guys know um once things have normalized yeah. um what our schedule will be like um and what how soon or often you can expect we check the insta
1: as well so we're trying to keep on top of the post but guys you will notice that the posts go up and down this is how it goes we both teach when it's the summer holidays half term, <laughs> summer jay's getting up on instagram happy and doing the most when i get back to school i really struggle to manage the two loads so that's how that goes i know we can do all this um what's the word pre-posting and preparing and um setting up to post at certain points at certain times which i'm getting to but i'm just not there yet so please bear with us thank you for those of you that have been following us um, from the beginning good afternoon good evening good night you've been listening to jay and tinder here at the hexagonals podcast thank you so much for listening check out our instagram interact with us and we hope that we'll be getting back to you and with you soon keep listening bye